Here First is sponsored by UCS Healthcare, offering compassionate healthcare for all. Learn more about their services, including statewide access to medication-assisted treatment for alcohol and opioid use disorders at ucsonline.org. Today is Friday. It's the 27th of October. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Clay Masters. Opponents of a proposed wind farm in the Iowa Great Lakes region credit a grassroots effort for putting a pause on the project. IPR's Sheila Brummer was there as the decision came down. Tears streamed down the face of Chris Van Cleet after the Dickinson County Board of Adjustment denied a permit for the Red Rock Energy Center. God is good. That's all I have to say. Van Cleet helped start the group Dickinson County Concerned Citizens to protest the project. Dozens showed up in full force to say they didn't want turbines near their homes. Van Cleet now says the focus will be on repairing relationships, since many property owners signed up for the project, which included around 80 turbines. I pray that our community would heal after this, that people would would forgive and remember that we're still neighbors and we're still people. County officials say Invenergy has 30 days to appeal the decision. Opponents of proposed carbon pipelines in Iowa say the projects will be too much of a drain on Iowa's water resources. Jan Norris of Red Oak is one of several people who read a joint statement during a public hearing this week. As it turns out, Summit Carbon Solution not only wants to take our land, they want our water. The Iowa Department of Natural Resources has already granted Summit a permit to withdraw up to 55 million gallons of water each year from a new well near an ethanol plant in Chickasaw County. The agency is considering another application from Summit for the use of nearly 28 million gallons of water each year from a new well in Wright County. That's near an ethanol plant in Goldfield. AARP Iowa has come out against a rate increase proposal from Interstate Power and Light. That's a subsidiary of Alliant Energy. The company is requesting a 7.7 percent or around $10 per month increase to the average residential electric customer's total bill beginning in October of 2024. A second phase increase would be of 5.7 percent, or about $7 per month. That would take effect October 2025. Paige Yance is state advocacy manager for AARP. That totals about $250 per year for these essential services, and that's a real burden um, that can be placed on older Iowans, many of which are on a fixed income, um, drawing benefits from Social Security or their retirement savings. AARP is urging Iowans to voice any concerns by attending an upcoming public forum or emailing the Iowa Utility Board. The first public forum is Monday, November 6th at the Hotel at Kirkwood, Main Ballroom in Cedar Rapids. A Waterloo clinic opened the rental application process recently for its apartments designed for rehabilitating Iowans with mental illnesses. IPR's Grant Leo Winterer has that story. Elevate Behavioral Health Clinic's two-unit, five-bedroom apartment complex is only the third intensive residential support home in the state. It looks to provide short-term intensive care for its residents with intellectual disabilities. Paige Smith is the director for the apartments. She says that the response to her project has been overwhelming even before the apartments were available to lease. I pretty much talk to case managers four, five, six times a day from every county. I mean, every Iowa county, there's been at least one. Um, it's, it's It's a huge need. Elevate is currently reviewing applications. The first tenant is set to move in on November 6th. The clinic plans on turning over rooms every three months to a year. One of the 10 teenagers charged in a deadly 2022 shooting at a Des Moines high school now wants to withdraw his guilty plea. 
Octavio Lopez Sanchez Jr. was charged with first-degree murder, two counts of attempted murder, and two counts of willful injury causing serious injury. He filed a motion last week to withdraw the plea, claiming ineffective counsel. And today is the last day on the job for the president of Kirkwood Community College in Cedar Rapids. Lori Sundberg is retiring after being Kirkwood's president since 2017. Sundberg was the school's first female president. Her retirement will bring in new president, Christy Fisher, a Kirkwood graduate who has been president of Iowa Valley Community Colleges. This is Here First from IPR News. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Access to clean water is a challenge for hundreds of rural communities across the United States. But on Native American reservations, a lack of infrastructure and funding has left nearly half of tribal homes without access to reliable water sources, clean drinking water, or basic sanitation. Harvest Public Media contributor Brian Beach reports on a crisis in one Nebraska tribal community. Along the banks of the Missouri River in northern Nebraska lies the village of Santee on the Santee Sioux Nation Reservation. Home to fewer than 1,000 residents, Santee has not had access to safe drinking water for the last four years. Since then, Cameron Runnels, tribal vice chairman for the Santee Sioux, has been trying to secure funding to fix the problem. Everybody's sympathetic. Everybody's, you know, that's too bad. But no one has offered the, the assistance or the guidance that, that we want, that we need. The Environmental Protection Agency first issued a no-drink order to residents of Santee because of high levels of manganese in 2019. By April 2020, the naturally occurring element was 50 times more concentrated than what the EPA considers safe for adults. Becky Sherman manages domestic water and wastewater programs for the University of Nebraska-Lincoln Extension. She says exposure to manganese can result in problems with memory, attention, and motor skills. And Sherman says boiling the water only makes the manganese more concentrated, making it a real challenge to solve. In my 10 plus years when I was with the public drinking water program, I do not recall a time that we had flat out do not drink the water even if you boil it. While the Santee are experiencing an especially dire situation, dozens of other tribes across the country also have water access issues, from the Navajo Nation's battle for water rights in the desert southwest to the Absaloke Nation's wastewater contamination in Montana. Heather Tanana is a professor at the University of California, Irvine, who researches tribal water issues. I don't think that you can get around saying it's a racial inequity. Tanana says rural communities often struggle with water infrastructure. But that's not the best predictor of whether or not you're going to have water access in the U.S. It's race. And Native Americans are the least likely to have water access in their homes than anyone else in the U.S. Nationally, the Inflation Reduction Act has earmarked plenty of money for clean water projects in tribal communities, but most tribes have to access a patchwork of grants from various agencies, each with their own applications and regulations. Tanana says that many small tribes have limited staff resources, which makes it difficult to navigate the complex funding process. That's, I think, a little challenging or frustrating for some communities to see money out there, but 
not actually making it on the ground or specifically to their community. And even if the water treatment infrastructure is built, maintaining it is often more difficult. Maintenance requires ongoing staff and financial resources many tribes lack, according to Manny Teodoro, a professor of public affairs at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. You can get money from Uncle Sam. They could write you a check. You could hire a firm. They could come in and build the plant. Now what? That's the hard part. In Santee, the cheapest fix is to build a new treatment plant for $10 million. But keeping it maintained would cost $200,000 per year, and without a reliable source of funding, it could quickly fall into disrepair. The Santee's preferred solution is a $40 million pipeline that would pump pre-treated water from South Dakota back to the reservation. Runnels doesn't expect that money anytime soon. It would be nice, but... To be realistic, we kind of know we're going to have to probably apply for grants and go after some of this stuff on our own. You know, we're pretty much on our own anyway, and we have been in this regard. For now, the tribe is relying on a $100,000 grant from the Bureau of Indian Affairs to buy bottled water for tribal members. That money is expected to run out this winter. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Brian Beach. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News, covering agriculture, food systems, and rural issues. This is Here First from IPR News. You can find this podcast wherever you subscribe to them. I'm Clay Masters. Thanks for listening this week.